Let us open the Word of God to Isaiah chapter 23. Isaiah chapter 23 for the burden of Tyre. In this chapter, which is only one of the chapters that speaks of Tyre, of Phoenicia, God would judge Tyre by Nebuchadnezzar, restore it to its former greatness, then Alexander would destroy it, and he would convert some from Tyre. A lot of good things in a few verses in Isaiah chapter 23. Verses 1 through 7, God indicted, that is to accuse or condemn, and he mocked Tyre in the first seven verses. The next seven verses, 8 through 14, God purposed to destroy Tyre. And verses 15 through 18, the last four, Tyre was restored after 70 years to its former prominence to aid the kingdom of heaven. To start with the last point first, and a wild point it is, the last four verses of this chapter have God encouraging a prostitute to get busy and do her best at what she's good at so that she could make some bucks that he could have as holiness to the Lord. It's not a real prostitute. It's a similitude of Tyre. And the Lord wanted Tyre to get good again at making money to help the rebuilding of the second temple and to add to the kingdom of heaven New Testament gospel. So my question in the preparatory that has you plagued, would God encourage a prostitute to her work to feed and clothe preachers of the gospel? The answer is yes. Strange choice of terminology, but not really. Because that city was known for committing fornication with the kings of the earth, and it wasn't really religious fornication. Right. It was business fornication. And their, their policies of building a trading empire throughout the world. So we're going to talk about Tyre a little bit, and we may be able to even end early, so that I can start dipping into all the overages that uh, I've had in my lifetime. Because I just want to, I want you to understand these verses, and I want you to understand that our God is the King of Nations. And we read that to start this service in Jeremiah 10, verses 6 through 8. So I've told you the theme. God would judge Tyre by Nebuchadnezzar and others later, but he would restore it to its former greatness after just 70 years, and he would convert some from Tyre. My favorite psalm in the Bible, Psalm 45, the love song. The love psalm, the shortened version of the Song of Solomon about the Lord Jesus Christ, quoted in the New Testament by the Apostle Paul, the daughter of Tyre shall be there with a gift. Amen. Let me tell you a little bit about Tyre. I hope that you might have taken this and printed it off your preparatory email last evening. This is the trade routes of the Phoenicians. Just to give you an idea, and I had you look up a few cities so that you might know some of the principal trading cities of Tyre. I hope you found Tyre at the eastern end of the Mediterranean Sea. Tarshish is over there in Spain. I disagree with the map on this particular point. The particular city of Tarshish is Cadiz today, C-A-D-I-Z. It's 50 miles past the Straits of Gibraltar on the Atlantic side of the Iberian Peninsula, which is Spain. But uh, 
when, when Jonah tried to flee from the Lord, he went along, he intended to go a long way, as my brother corrected me this morning. I said, Jonah fled a long way from the Lord, and my brother Paul corrected me and said he tried to flee a long way from the Lord. Because he was in Joppa, and the Lord told him to go 700 miles east to Nineveh, and he tried to go 2,500 miles west to Tarshish. And so these are words that are in the Bible that we want to get an understanding of today. And why was Tarshish important? Why was there a city in Spain that was important? It was important for its ships that brought tin and silver and other mineral products out of Spain to the world. And how'd they get to the world? Phoenician traders and Phoenician shipbuilders. Did you read in Ezekiel 27, for those of you that dipped deep and went below the two chapters and went to Ezekiel 26 through 28, three chapters all about Tyre, it mentions their caulkers. It mentions their mariners. It mentions their masts. It mentions their benches on their ships. It mentions their trading ports, their colonies, and the merchants. It, men- it mentions the commerce fairs that they had. It mentions their products, their finished products, their raw products. It's a tremendous chapter, Ezekiel 27. You know, you young people in here, you think a ship is made of steel, or you think it's made of fiberglass, but they used to be made of wood, and planks needed to have something between them to keep the water out and you in. And it's caulk. And so there's caulkers mentioned. Tyre is up the Israel coast, a few miles. Jesus, when he was in Nazareth, where he grew up, was only 35 or 40 miles from Tyre and Sidon. And they're mentioned in the New Testament. Phoenicia was a little strip of land only a few miles wide and maybe 30 or 50 miles long that was on the Mediterranean Sea north of Israel. It was perfect. If you, looked at, if you look at the island of Tyre, because it had a city on, the, on shore and it had a city on the island, and if you looked at it before Alexander the Great pulled the rubble of the city on shore into the water so that he could bring his engines over there and take the island city, if you looked at it, it had two perfect ports. Phenomenal ports. See, the Lord builds these places, and the Lord brings and brought the sons of Javan, If you go back to Genesis chapter 10, you're going to find a son of Japheth there called Javan. And if you follow Javan throughout the Bible and his sons, they are the Phoenicians. And they controlled the trade and the shipbuilding on the Mediterranean. And so in this this little narrow strip of land, they have a city on shore with walls built up to heaven, practically. It was considered impregnable on shore. And they have a city on the island where they had a stone wall coming up from the edge of the sea all the way around it. Now this little piece of land called Phoenicia is only a few miles wide and you have Lebanon, the mountains of Lebanon, with the cedars and other trees of Lebanon. Guess what you need to build ships? Trees. And it mentions them for their masts and their planks. It mentions them. They could cut them down and move them only a couple of miles and they were there at Tyre already to go out to sea. 
And they hired mercenaries. You know, some nations made themselves great in the world by conquering others and taking their stuff. And that gets kind of close to home. With two words that I used in the first service, Mother England. It gets kind of close to home. So let's just ignore it. No, it's truth. Some nations beat up other nations to take their stuff. Other nations just want to trade with everybody, and they'll get along as far as they possibly can. They will have policies that will be friendly with as many nations as possible so that they can have stuff going back and forth, raw materials, and they will finish materials so that they have value-added profit that they can add in, and they'll take a piece out of every transaction and get rich, and that is what Tyre did. It was an incredibly rich city-state. That's all it was, was just one little part of Phoenicia, and Phoenicia was just a little tiny country north of the Philistines and related to them because each of them was just a string of territory at the edge of the Mediterranean Sea, the eastern end of the Mediterranean. Tyre was one of the most influential cities in the world of the time by its superior trading business. When God crushed the impregnable cities, the one onshore and the one offshore on the island, the world reeled because the world depended on its goods flowing back and forth by the ships of Tyre. And there's all kinds of stories. Pharaoh Necho, who's going to be born in just a few years, and the Bible describes him as Pharaoh Necho, and Josiah went to battle with him, and the Lord killed Josiah for going to battle with him. But Pharaoh Necho hired the Phoenicians to circumnavigate Africa, to go down the Red Sea and just keep going, and just keep it on your right, and just keep going. And what I meant was, just keep going and get all the way around Africa and come back through the Straits of Gibraltar. Tremendous ships, pilots, mariners, things the Lord tells us about. And this is history that we should admire because it was important enough to God to put it in the Bible. And so we have three whole chapters, Ezekiel 26 through 28, and we have Isaiah chapter 23, and we have numerous other references. I wrote one number yesterday to you, 144, but I hadn't included Hiram, and he's mentioned 20 times in the Bible. And so we get to 168 references about Tyre. Like the first verse of Isaiah 23 will introduce to us. Tyre's in the Bible a number of times. Hiram, Sidon. Sidon is only 20 miles away. Tyre and Sidon, two ports. Head of the Phoenician trading enterprise. Powerful money-making equipment of the Phoenicians. And if you looked at that map, they went all the way over 2,500 miles to the Straits of Gibraltar, where they had Tarshish. And in the middle of those two is the tip of Africa that sticks up near Sicily and Sardinia and not far from Italy. And there was one of their colonies called Carthage. Carthage was a Phoenician colony and trading partner. And if you don't know anything about Carthage, have you ever heard of Hannibal? Have you ever heard of Hannibal bringing elephants over the Alps? You know, this is all related to Phoenicia because when Alexander was going to have a success in destroying Tyre, the rich ones fled and they went to Carthage 
and Carthage immediately became one of the power cities of the world. And it was called the Carthaginian Empire. So that there were wars called the Punic Wars. And it was Carthage against Rome. And they held their own. All from Tyre. And the Lord gave Tyre a situation that was beautiful with that port and the trees right together. And Javan and his sons finding them and developing them throughout the Mediterranean area. You know, we've got the word Chittim and Kittim, uh, which is in the Bible by both spellings and other words. The Tyrenians were Canaanites. And and they knew that. They spoke a Semitic dialect very much like Hebrew. They were right there north of the Philistines. A little tiny nation, but perfectly situated for sailing. They didn't need much territory. They didn't want to deal on land. They didn't believe in walking on dirt very much. And you think I'm kidding, but when you read the judgment of God, you men are going to have to walk on the ground. It says so, because they're used to walking on deck, making money, because they were so good at what they did. Oh, there's so many facts of a geographical sort that uh, would bore you. But you know, when you look at Greece and Turkey and all the islands in between them, and it's called the Aegean Islands, and then you look at the boot of Italy and you see the big islands of Sicily and you see Crete and you see Cyprus, they had trading ports on all those places and colonies, and Tyre ruled the commercial world. And everything they did was first class, second to none. When David had a palace built, who built it? His name starts with H. He was the first mason. Hiram, the king of Tyre, built it. When Solomon wanted to build the Lord, according to David's specifications, something exceeding magnificult to the Lord, who did he go to to get the craftsmen and the materials? Hiram, king of Tyre. Because Hiram was always a lover of David. And they built, and they had stone squaremen, stone craftsmen, cutters of wood, cutters of stone, and they could make things beautiful, and they made the temple of the Lord. David had 10,000 men in Lebanon. Solomon had 10,000 men in Lebanon all the way through the building project under the direction of Hiram's craftsmen on how to cut wood, how to cut stone. And Solomon asked for a particular kind of wood. Hiram said, we will cut it, we'll put it in the Mediterranean, we'll float it down, and you can pull it off and haul it over land to Jerusalem because they wanted the best for the Lord. They were the best. Tyre was magnificent. If you read in Ezekiel chapter 28 that the king of Tyre walked on stones of fire, that is the marble and the the flooring that was polished. You've been in buildings like that before. It almost looks like it's on fire. It's shining so much. And they may have been better than anything you've ever seen before because craftsmen in America are not craftsmen of the past. The Lord told us that. I think it was in Isaiah. I think it was Isaiah 3 when he told us that he would take away some of those skills that men have had in the past. This city-state was powerful and it was a friend of David and Solomon. Joshua knew about it in Joshua when he divided the land to Israel. It, it called it then 
a strong city. In 1400 B.C., when Joshua divided up the land just below it and to the east of it. And there's lots of individual verses throughout the Bible that refer to Tyre and Sidon that I'm overlooking right now, but they're in the outline. And if you're interested in learning more, the material will be there for you. Tyre became one of the richest, most beautiful cities of the world by its maritime successes. It had two cities, one on shore, one on the island. I hope you watched the little video that I sent you last night. It was only four minutes and 10 seconds long. It had a fabulous introduction and it had an even better conclusion by asking you, is your life reliable evidence for the authenticity of the Bible and the Christian religion? What a way to end after three and a half minutes about fulfilled prophecy. And you two men that work at Clemson, if you listen carefully, the opening minute, it was, a, it was that that information was on a board at Clemson. Now, I've heard a rumor at break time today that there, there's even a class about fulfilled prophecy at Clemson, which really is kind of surprising. But let's find out what we can. It's not all that important, but I hope you saw how Nebuchadnezzar was stymied for 13 years. And they eventually capitulated to him, but he did not get all their wealth. So God gave him Egypt to pay his army. And it's in the Bible. When you look around at nations fighting nations and big wars happening, just remember the Lord is able to keep track of all the chessboard pieces. He doesn't get confused like I do when I'm playing my brother. That's when I have to ask him to remove some of his pieces to make it fair. He does not get confused. Our God. And so he can, he can give up Egypt for a pagan named Nebuchadnezzar to pay his army. Because for 13 years that pagan Nebuchadnezzar had his men until they were sunburned and all their hair was falling off from wearing a helmet for so long and carrying stuff. Their shoulders were peeled and they hadn't been paid sufficiently. So the Lord made sure they were paid because he wanted Tyre burned to the ground that was on shore and Nebuchadnezzar did it for him. All those things are fulfilled prophecy told in advance in our Bibles. Nebuchadnezzar's 13-year siege ruined the onshore city, but the rulers and wealth went to the island. Persia came next and used them for shipbuilding and trading and naval purposes, and they prospered again under Persian rule. Remember, after the release out of Babylon, the Jews came back and they needed some help. They needed some of this kind of help. And so that's why we have the conclusion to this chapter that's coming up. The Bible knows quite a bit about Tyre and Sidon and lists businesses, products, and trading partners that I've mentioned to you. Ezekiel's description is, includes a perfect port, the builders that build ships, shipbuilding, the mariners, caulkers, pilots, mercenaries, the, the soldiers that were on their walls were not from their nation. Did you notice that? If you read through that carefully, Ezekiel 27 gave us historical detail in just a few verses that is phenomenal. They had an army, but they weren't going to waste their men because they had something in plenty. They had silver like the dust of the earth, and they could afford to, to hire men that liked to fight in war and risk their lives, called mercenary soldiers and armies, and they did. And, and we're told that in the Bible. But they took the wrong side against God's nation. They took the wrong side against God's nation. Let me show you. Turn to... 
Ezekiel chapter 26. Ezekiel chapter 26. We'll get to 23, and I, I still think we can go through it pretty fast. Ezekiel chapter 26. It's the first of the three chapters about Tyre, this island city of Phoenicia and the Phoenician trading routes. Isaiah, Ezekiel, excuse me, Ezekiel 26. And it came to pass in the eleventh year, in the first day of the month, that the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, because that Tyrus hath said against Jerusalem, Aha! She is broken, that was the gates of the people. She is turned unto me. I shall be replenished. Now she is laid waste. That's Tyre talking about Jerusalem now being open to her to get some stuff out of. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against thee, O Tyrus, and will cause many nations to come up against thee, as the sea causeth his waves to come up. And they shall destroy the walls of Tyrus and break down her towers. I will also scrape her dust from her and make her like the top of a rock, which is what the army of Alexander the Great did in his seven-month siege of that place. That is Ezekiel. I would like you to also turn to Joel. Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea. Joel chapter 3. Yea, and what have we to do with thee, O Tyre and Sidon, and all the coasts of Palestine? Will ye render me your recompense? And if ye recompense me swiftly and speedily, will I return your recompense upon your own head? Because ye have taken my silver and my gold, and have carried into your temples my goodly pleasant things. And see, we could read a few more verses there. There they are again, turning against God's church. Go to the next book, Amos. Amos chapter 1, verse 9. Thus saith the Lord, For three transgressions of Tyrus, and for four, I will not turn away the punishment thereof, because they delivered up the whole captivity to Edom, and remembered not the brotherly covenant. But I will send a fire on the wall of Tyrus, which shall devour the palaces thereof. When Nebuchadnezzar came in, and Jews were fleeing, from the approaching armies, when Shalmaneser came in and Israelites were fleeing, the Tyrenians turned them over to the Edomites. And God remembers all these things, and so I want you to know, why did God have it in for Tyre? Because they messed with His church. Because they messed with His church. If you read Ezekiel 28, and I'm not going to deal with that in this sermon, uh, I hope it's simple after Isaiah 14. I hope that uh, maybe a document can be published in the next couple of weeks to put on our website that will deal it in detail with Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28. Isaiah 14 had the words, O Lucifer, son of the morning. Ezekiel 28 has, Thou wert the anointed cherub until sin was found in thee. Thou wast in the Garden of Eden. Don't get excited. It's just the king of Tyre. Right. And all you got to do is go read it because the Lord keeps telling you over and over, it's the king of Tyre. Speak to the king of Tyre and tell him these things. And you've got to remember, prophets used similitudes. Please, please. Uh, similitudes. Let's come back to Isaiah 23. We have 18 verses. 
it's exciting to know something that, you know, the little bit that we learned in school in history class about Tyre and Sidon, or we didn't learn anything at all. It's in the Bible with 168 references, and whole chapters are dedicated to it. And I want you to know Jesus went to Tyre. You say, well, what Tyre? If Nebuchadnezzar and Alexander the Great destroyed it, the one that Rome tried to rebuild on shore, it, the ruins of it are there for you to look at. The Hippodrome that the Romans tried to build in onshore Tyre. Remember, this, there are several valuable lessons of prophetic interpretation in this chapter. Right. And one of them is this. When you go read about the destruction of Tyre like here, or like in Ezekiel, you think this all had to be in a weekend. This was all in a, in a one-year war. No. This happened over hundreds of years, just like we learned in Isaiah 13, when it said that Babylon would become mounds and never built again. Peter wrote an epistle from Babylon. Hundreds of years later, it had not fully happened yet. And so you've got to realize that sometimes God can use a telescope on time because we are so occupied with individual days and he's looking at the whole, the whole picture of Babylon or the whole picture of Tyre right. and the generalizations that are made. There's just wonderful things to learn. If you will read through this, listen to the explanation, and we'll go to the next chapter next Sunday, and you're, we're going to learn about interpreting prophecy by recognizing similitudes, generalizations, time frames, and it's all going to be wonderful. And we're, we're going to see why the futurists miss it by jumping in here and trying to make things literal and of a short-term duration. Let's go with the first seven verses. God indicted and mocked Tyre, this great city. I read to you Isaiah 23, 1 through 7. The burden of Tyre. Howl! Ye ships of Tarshish, for it is laid waste, so that there is no house, no entering in. From the land of Chittim, it is revealed to them. Be still, ye inhabitants of the isle, thou whom the merchants of Zidon that pass over the sea have replenished, and by great waters the seed of Sihor, the harvest of the river, is her revenue, and she is a mart of nations. What a terrific de description of Tyre for us. Be thou ashamed, O Zidon, for the sea hath spoken, even the strength of the sea, saying, I travail not, nor bring forth children, neither do I nourish up young men, nor bring up virgins. As at the report concerning Egypt, so shall they be sorely pained at the report of Tyre. Pass ye over to Tarshish, Howl, ye inhabitants of the isle. Is this your joyous city, whose antiquity is of ancient days? Her own feet shall carry her afar off to sojourn. Amen and amen. The burden of Tyre. God's indictment, accusation, condemnation, and promise and sentencing of punishment for that city. The ships of Tarshish. These ships that sailed the 2,500 miles between Tyre and between Tarshish, bringing tin, bringing silver into Tyre to be distributed out to other places. Tarshish would be howling because her economy would be crushed by Tyre being out of business 
for 70 years. It would affect the world because she was the, what does it say? Mart of nations. She was the mart of nations. Tarshish was a major port and trading partner with Tyre and Phoenician sailors and traders over there in Spain, outside the Straits of Gibraltar on the Atlantic side, there is a river that runs 150 miles and is navigable for the ships to go up the river to get the minerals out of Spain's interior and deliver them to Tyre. This reading about it, and there's so many nice videos that you can look at now. You know, I can't snow you one bit. You can just go home and type in Tyre, Phoenicia, and Tarshish. And you can read and listen and watch. And they'll have pictures and maps and drawings and, re and documents uh, from Herodotus and others about the skill of the Phoenicians and their business empire. And it's in the Bible. And if it's in the Bible, I love it. And it's in the Bible. I love it. I love every detail of it. And I don't want us to learn more about Tyre than we need to. But when I tell you that it's 168 times in the Bible, and when I tell you that Jesus went to Tyre, when I tell you that the, those of Tyre and Sidon came to hear Jesus preach, does that mean anything to you? Just for you to get a picture. Now, now when you're reading in the, in the Gospel of Matthew, and you come upon Tyre and Sidon, do you know what Jesus said about Tyre and Sidon? Here's doctrine. If these works that I have done in Capernaum had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago. It shall be more merciful for Tyre and Sidon in the day of judgment than those cities of Israel and Judah. Tarshish. Tarshish is not Tarsus. Paul was born at Tarsus in Cilicia on the eastern end of the Mediterranean Sea. Tarshish is a very different word, and it is on the Atlantic side of Spain and was one of their ports and colonies that they developed there. Chittim, or Kittim, as it is in the Bible. And see, it's here in the first verse. We have three cities that we need to understand a tiny bit. Tyre, I've told you. Tarshish, I've told you. Chittim is Cyprus. And then, over time, it spread out to the other city, other islands of the Mediterranean Sea until it included the Aegean Islands, until it included Greece, and until it included Italy. They were all called Chittim because of the sons of Javan. Genesis 10.4. To go read where all this happened. It's so interesting to know that God raises up men who like to walk on a rolling surface, okay? I don't. I've tried it. A rolling surface, meaning it's moving all the time. But there were men that enjoyed that, men that enjoyed building ships and trading. And so they were the Phoenicians, and they were from Chittim, and it started with Cyprus. And if you look at your map, there's Cyprus right there, offshore a little bit further from Tyre. And how do we know that Chittim became broader and broader and broader? Because the Bible tells us that Alexander the Great came from Chittim. The Bible tells us that Caesar Augustus came from Chittim. Book of Daniel. And so, you know, it was all the important ports, all the important islands, all the important land that had shore 
on the Mediterranean, the Phoenicians wanted at it. And so this first verse, the ships of Tarshish should start howling because Tyre is laid waste so that there's nothing there and it will be revealed from the land of Chittim as they send ships from Chittim and make it to all the ports, colonies, and cities to tell them Tyre's been overthrown. That's verse 1 of Isaiah 23. Be still, ye inhabitants of the isle, thou whom the merchants of Zidon that pass over the sea have replenished. You know, the island out there, the island city of Tyre, was to be quiet and to be still because of God's judgment coming down upon them. Nebuchadnezzar didn't do the island. Nebuchadnezzar did the onshore city. Alexander the Great will do the island. And by great waters, the seed of Sihor. What's the seed of Sihor? The grain business in the delta of the Nile. Go look up Sihor wherever you need to. I'm telling you that Sihor is Nile. And all you have to do is really look at it. By, and by great waters, the seed of Sihor, the harvest of the river, is her revenue. Who had a river that had seed involved, and it was a lot of revenue. It was that huge Nile Delta. Do you know what Rome called Alexandria, which is right there at the, at the uh, Delta of the Nile? Rome called Alexandria the granary of the Roman Empire because of the grain that was grown there. And so the effect of Tyre being overthrown is affecting a lot of different economies. The Lord knows all those interconnections. And by great waters, the seed of Sihor, that is the Nile River, the harvest of the river is her revenue, and she is a mart of nations. We're talking about Tyre. Be thou ashamed, O Zidon, for the sea has spoken, even the strength of the sea, saying, I travail not. Now this verse is similitudes again. Don't start thinking about a birthing center at a hospital, though you're tempted by looking at those words. The sea has spoken, and this huge territory that had been under the rule of Tyre, there's not going to be any more multiplication of cities and colonies and trading partners because Tyre is cut off. So the, the birth here is of colony nations, colony cities, and ports. Be thou ashamed, O Zidon, for the sea hath spoken, the strength of the sea. I travail not. Because that's what they were known for. They were masters of the sea. I don't bring forth children anymore. I don't nourish up young men, nor bring up virgins. Nebuchadnezzar is going to shut us down for 70 years. As at the report concerning Egypt. I love the way the Lord's laid out the Bible. As at the report concerning Egypt, so shall they be sorely pained at the report of Tyre. What chapter was Egypt? It was 19. Nebuchadnezzar is going to crush Egypt. And so when that news comes out, Egypt was actually overthrown by the Chaldeans. That was a tremendous piece of news. It had big three-inch headlines on the newspapers. That's what it's going to be like when Tyre goes down. And so these prophecies are being tied together by the Holy Spirit as He gives us Isaiah 23. They'll be sorely pained at the report of Tyre. Pass ye over to Tarshish. Howl, ye inhabitants of the isle. Those rich enough that were there in the city of Tyre would have taken shipping to go anywhere else to their friends. Remember, they were friends with everyone. 
because they wanted to maximize their trade. So they're passing over to Tarshish. That's 2,500 miles away to get away from what's happening to their home in Tyre of Phoenicia, there near Israel. Is this your joyous city, whose antiquity is of ancient days? Her own feet shall carry her afar off to sojourn. She is going to have to leave. She's going to have to do some walking. She's going to have to go somewhere else to find relief from Nebuchadnezzar coming against Tyre. And so we have the first seven verses, the first lesson about God indicting and mocking the city of Tyre in those verses. So this great mart of nations, this great trading center, is taken down by God's servant. And he did a great service for him there. So we go to the next lesson, verses 8 through 14. Who hath taken this counsel against Tyre? The crowning city. It was the crowning city. You say, the crowning city of what? Go ahead and say it. The crowning city of the world, as far as beauty and riches. Not size. Not walls that could have four chariots abreast like Babylon. Not the size of Nineveh, but beauty and wealth. Who hath taken this counsel against Tyre? The crowning city, whose merchants are princes, whose traffickers are the honorable of the earth. The men of Tyre were the great men of the earth because they transacted the business of the earth. They were the Bill Gates of the earth. The trading empire of Tyre. Just read it. It's simple. It's easy. But God is going to reduce it to a scraped rock. And He is going to revive it. And He is going to tell that prostitute to get some better songs and sing better in order to make some money again to be able to give it to the church. We're heading toward it. But right now we're at verse 8. You should be able to understand verse 8 easily. Verse 9, the Lord of... Verse 8 is a question. Look at that question mark. Who hath taken this counsel? What war department has sat down and determined to overthrow Tyre? The Lord of hosts hath purposed it. This is why our Bible is written for us. To build our faith. God is behind every movement of nations like this. He set Tyre up and he takes Tyre down and he puts Tyre back up so that he can get a little bit of it for the Lord's sake. He's in charge of it all. The Lord of hosts hath purposed it. Now look at his purpose. To stain the pride of all glory because it was such a glorious crowning city and the Lord wants to stain that pride and take away that pride and mess up that pride by pulling that city down to the ground. That is our God. Don't ever worry about a crowning city anywhere and the influence of any nation anywhere. God is not going to let them get away with their pride. He will bring them down. And that that extends to individual men as well, but this is about nations and cities. He's going to stain the pride of all glory and to bring her and to bring contempt into contempt all the honorable of the earth. Who were the honorable of the earth? All her traffickers. All those rich men that owned the ships, that sent the ships back and forth, the Lord is going to bring them into contempt. That's tying verses 8 and 9 together. Pass through thy land as a river, O daughter of Tarshish. There is no more strength. All you inhabitants of Tarshish, 
the city economy of Tarshish has gone from 28 to 8 billion in sales per year. I hope you all know where I went with that. The economy has collapsed. So you poor people of Tarshish, you need to go look for work elsewhere in Spain because there is no more strength in Tyre to make you rich in Tarshish. He stretched out his hand over the sea. He shook the kingdoms. The Lord hath given a commandment. Oh, I love these words. Against the merchant city to destroy the strongholds thereof. That city on shore was considered impregnable by the height and thickness of its walls. They were the best stone builders in the world. There was no peer to compare to the Zidonians and the Tyrians in building. And that's the strongholds are going to be pulled down. And God has given a commandment against the merchant city. And He has stretched out His hand over the sea. He has shook the kingdoms. Because when Tyre, that little city controlling so much commerce, went down, the other nations went down. Because there is a domino effect when nations depend upon each other. And we live in an international time now that we are the important player, the most important player in it. But Tyre was the most important player, not by its size and purchases, but by its transaction of business. And it was a mart of the nations. I hope that all these are they're obvious to you as we go through them slowly. And he said, Thou shalt no more rejoice, O thou oppressed virgin daughter of Zidon. Arise, pass over to Chittim. There also shalt thou have no rest. Here he's telling Tyre and Sidon, there's nothing else to be happy about. You might as well take a ship to Cyprus, take a ship to the Aegean Islands. I'm going to chase you there. You're not going to find peace there. You will never be able to restore the prosperity and the peace and the joy and the celebration that you had on the island of Tyre. Even if you go to Cyprus, which is Chittim, or you go to the Aegean Islands, which came to be Chittim, or Kittim. In the Bible, it's C-H-I-T-T-I-M, and it is K-I-T-T-I-M, and it is the same place. Verse 13. Behold, the land of the Chaldeans. This is beautiful. This is very interesting how the Holy Spirit, through Isaiah, stuck this in right here this way. And it is a warning to Tyre that what the prophecy is saying could and would come to pass. Because it was hard to believe that anyone would be able to overthrow a nation as rich as Tyre that could afford to buy armies to defend it. Behold the land of the Chaldeans. That's the area around Babylon. The Lord is asking those of Tyre to think about the Chaldeans. Behold the land of the Chaldeans. This people, these Chaldeans, was not. They were nobodies in the world till the Assyrian founded it for them that dwell in the wilderness. They just lived in the wilderness. They lived in the woods. They were just simple, basic people. But Assyria built up that part of the world. They set up the towers thereof. They raised up the palaces thereof. Assyria made it civilized 
and powerful for the Chaldeans. Nebuchadnezzar was a Chaldean. And it's called the Chaldean Empire or the Babylonian Empire. And so the Lord is appealing. This is one of the harder verses in the chapter, but I want you to see it and understand it. Men of Tyre, men of Zidon, think about the Chaldeans. They were nobodies. They wandered about in the wilderness until the Assyrian gave them a culture and cities and towers and raised up the palaces thereof. And what happened? And he, Chaldeans, brought it, Assyrians, to ruin. Because before Nebuchadnezzar came against Tyre, and before Nebuchadnezzar came against Egypt, Nebuchadnezzar had to overthrow the standing empire in the world, and it was the Assyrians. And the first battles were by Nabopolassar, the father of Nebuchadnezzar, with Nebuchadnezzar as his son, and crown prince serving with him, and they destroyed Nineveh. And I've preached this to you in other books of the Bible. They defeated and destroyed the Assyrian Empire, but the Assyrian Empire had made them. Now, Tyre, excuse me, Michelin would not appreciate me calling a tire a tear. I love asking children, do you know what a tire is? Because there's two kinds. There's one you put on your tricycle, bicycle, motorcycle, and car, and there's this tire but it's spelled with a Y. Right, Timothy? Spelled with a Y. Yes, Lord. Behold the Chaldeans. They built up. Tyre thought they had made everyone. Tyre thought that everybody would feel guilty toward them and consider them invaluable and would not want to overthrow them. But Assyria had built up the Chaldeans and the Chaldeans overthrew Assyria Assyria and the Chaldeans together would be happy to overthrow Tyre. It's just, it's a, it's a unique verse in the Bible explaining, and it's from God. It's from God through Isaiah to us, but it's being addressed to Tyre. You, you don't think that anybody would want to overthrow you? Why the Chaldeans want to overthrow the Assyrians for, help, for turning them into a nation? And now it's the two of them against you especially when the Lord has purposed it. You know, it's already been said here in verse 9, the Lord of hosts hath purposed it. Verse 14, Howl, ye ships of Tarshish, for your strength is laid waste. And that brings us to the end of the second lesson. So look at verse 1. Howl, ye ships of Tarshish. Look at verse 14. Howl, ye ships of Tarshish. Because encompassed between them is the overthrow of Tyre, and the effect it's going to have on wealthy places where people got to get up in the morning, go to work, get a good paycheck every day without fail because those Phoenicians had turned these cities of Spain into very prosperous places. But now with Tyre folding, collapsing for 70 years because of Nebuchadnezzar, places like Tarshish are going to be out of work. Men responsible for their families are going to have to go inland, walk, look to other cities, get on LinkedIn, Use the other means to try to find a job. I hope you can see that in 14 verses. Why did God want to destroy Tyre? Because they messed with his church. Remember how we started? The Bible tells us, and I gave you three places. They messed with his church, and so he had purposed. And he did not like their arrogance. Did you, if you read Ezekiel 28, and you've read it, yes, Ezekiel 28. Did the prince of Tyre say, I am a God? The Lord doesn't like that. 
when you say that you're a God and you think that beauty is summed up in you, in your palace, in your city. More famous last words. I am a God. The Lord says, when you're laid out in your casket, who's going to call you a God? It's, it's beautiful stuff. And so the, the, the Lord tells us why. The Lord tells us how. The Lord tells us who. The Lord tells us the effect. The Lord gives us details. What a history book we have about Tyre. Okay, the last four verses. I love these verses. I want you to love them. And it shall come to pass in that day, in this period of time, this era of my dealing with Tyre, that Tyre shall be forgotten 70 years. It will not be transacting business everywhere like it had once been. It'll be forgotten 70 years according to the days of one king. What king reigned 70 years? None. It's a kingdom. It's the kingdom of the Babylonians and Chaldeans. How long did they last? 70 years. The first year of Nebuchadnezzar, he raided Israel. Cyrus took it over at the end of 70 years. You say, well, it says king. It doesn't say kingdom. If that bothers you, what do you do in the book of Daniel where it always says king instead of kingdom? When it says these five, ten, five kings, three kings, ten kings, it's always referring to kingdoms. And you can't name a king that lived 70 years. You can't name a king that even applies this prophecy. But there is a 70-year time period that involved a kingdom, and it was the kingdom of the Babylonians. So when the Israelites were released to go back and rebuild, someone else was released to find some prominence in business again so that they would have some cash flow to help the builders. But I'm telling you that, and I'll show you in a moment. Isaiah 23. It shall come to pass in that day that Tyre shall be forgotten 70 years according to the days of one king, the Babylonian Empire. After the end of 70 years, when Cyrus the Great turns, takes it for the Persians, shall Tyre sing as an harlot. And here's where he takes up the similitude of a prostitute. Tyre's going to be singing again and happy, like a harlot who's back in business. Take and harp. Go about the city, thou harlot, that has been forgotten? You know, all of your clients are gone. You don't have a... Is it true? It's true. Man, just rejoice in how the Lord says things sometimes. Take and harp. Go about the city, thou harlot that has been forgotten. Make sweet melody. Sing many songs that thou mayest be remembered. Because that's what harlots used to do. You know, you want to hear a beautiful voice as well as the rest of them. Verse 17, it shall come to pass after the end of 70 years that the Lord will visit Tyre and she shall turn to her hire. She's going to be making money again and shall commit fornication with all the kingdoms of the world upon the face of the earth. She will be the mart of nations again and her merchandise and her hire, the wages and revenue shall be holiness to the Lord. 
It shall not be treasured nor laid up altogether entire, for her merchandise shall be for them that dwell before the Lord to eat sufficiently and for durable clothing. What an incredible way to end a chapter. And what is it saying? Tyre, get back to business, make some money so that you can feed the priests, Zerubbabel, until the time of Jesus, and then preachers of the gospel, you can feed them and put them in some durable clothing. Thank you, Lord, the way he says things. And he uses Tyre to fund his church. He makes them great at what they did. They get haughty, he punishes them, and they're forgotten in the world for 70 years. Then he lights them up again, and he mocks them. Go make some bucks. It's going to be holiness to me, and my church is going to use it. Uh, look at Ezra. Let me I've got more notes than I know what to do with. Go to Ezra. Forgive me for saying that through the microphone, folks, that are out there. Ezra chapter 3. They gave money. Now this is money going in the other direction for their skilled craftsmen because they're back at, biz, they're back at work making building again. They have craftsmen that are available to go work. They gave money also unto the masons and to the carpenters and meat and drink and oil unto them of Zidon and to them of Tyre to bring cedar trees from Lebanon to the Sea of Joppa according to the grant that they had of Cyrus, king of Persia. And so to whatever degree Cyrus the Persian had subsidized this transaction, this is the men of Tyre and the men of Zidon coming to help build, rebuild the temple of Zerubbabel. Let's try Nehemiah chapter 13. Ezra, Nehemiah chapter 13. Now this is not, this is not all good because they weren't good people. They were pagans. But if you wanted to flay a fish in Jerusalem when you were working for Zerubbabel, how did you get it? Nehemiah 13 and verse 15. In those days saw I in Judah some treading wine presses on the Sabbath and bringing in sheaves and lading asses as also wine, grapes, and figs, and all manner of burdens, which they brought into Jerusalem on the Sabbath day, and I testified against them in the day wherein they sold victuals. There dwelt men of Tyre also therein, which brought fish, and all manner of ware, and sold on the Sabbath unto the children of Judah and in Jerusalem. And so there we have Tyre restored, and they're bringing wares and stuff. Now, the Sabbath part was wrong. Sunday through Friday was right, but you had stuff that you otherwise wouldn't have had, but the merchants of Tyre are there, and it's holiness to the Lord to support those men that were before the Lord as his governors and his priests. Now that's just the Old Testament. Turn to Psalm 45. Psalm 45. I mentioned this when we began. I want you to see it. My favorite psalm. Why is it your favorite psalm, Pastor? Because it's all about the Lord Jesus Christ and His church. It's a love song. It tells you that if you have the introduction by the Hebrew scribes at the top of Psalm 45. The majesty and grace of Christ's kingdom to the chief musician upon Shoshanim for the sons of Korah, Mashkel, a song of loves. And verse 12, 
about this love story between Jesus Christ and his church and the daughter of Tyre shall be there with a gift. Even the rich among the people shall entreat thy favor. There would be men, there would be men and women coming out of Tyre to meet the Lord Jesus Christ and bringing a gift for his kingdom. And so the terminology in Isaiah 23 is, woman, you know, you haven't been working hard, making any money for 70 years. Get back to work. Learn some new melodies. Pretty yourself up. Take a shower. See if you can get back some of your old clients because your revenue is going to be used for my kingdom. We're in Psalms. Look at Psalm 72. Psalm 72. This is about a king. Verse 17 tells us his, his name shall endure forever. But verse 10 is what I want. The kings of Tarshish and of the isles shall bring presents. See, there's New Testament revenue coming in from the revived economic activities and trading activities of these Phoenicians and the two cities of Tyre and Sidon. Look at Psalm 87. Psalm 87. This is, this is like the highway. But the highway was a different similitude of joining Assyria, Egypt, and Israel together. This is a similitude of a city getting back to its ways of seducing all the nations of the earth to deal through it. We can get it there faster. We can get it there better. Our price is worth it. Right? Okay, and they were, they were awesome at it. And, and some of it was going to turn to the Lord. Psalm 87 and verse 4 and I will make mention of Rahab and Babylon to them that know me. Behold, Philistia and Tyre with Ethiopia. This man was born there. Conversions of the Tyrenians. Look at Isaiah 60. Isaiah 60. Verse 9. Surely the isles shall wait for me, and the ships of Tarshish first, to bring thy sons from far, their silver and their gold with them, unto the name of the Lord thy God, and to the Holy One of Israel, because he hath glorified thee. There it is. It's throughout the pages of Scripture. Come over to Mark chapter 3. Mark chapter 3. This is how God uses the nations for the benefit of His church. Do you know that Jesus Christ is sitting on a throne right now over all principalities and powers, might, thrones, and dominions that are to be named in this world and the next for His church, for the church. Ephesians 1.22. Mark 3 and verse 8. And from Jerusalem and from Idumea, Edom, and from beyond Jordan, and they about Tyre and Sidon. They about Tyre and Sidon, a great multitude, when they had heard what great things he did, came unto him. Praise the Lord. Tyre, Tyre is being converted in part, and they're coming to the Lord. And as Isaiah 60 described, they're going to be bringing their things with them. Look at Matthew 15. Matthew 15, and we'll close with this verse. Verse 21, Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coasts of Tyre and Sidon. 
And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. And we know that story. But there's Jesus in Tyre and Sidon. We have seen Tyre and Sidon coming to Jesus. We have seen gifts being brought to the New Testament church, especially in Isaiah 60 and Psalm 45, the fulfillment of the last four verses of Isaiah 23. Amen. Get back to work, city of Tyre, and make some money for the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ, because he owns it all, and you own it all with him. Did I say that was the last verse? Well, then don't turn to this one. It's this short, for all things are yours. It's the last few verses of 1 Corinthians chapter 3, all things are yours. When you read through these chapters of Isaiah, you can see that God is moving nations up and down, back and forth, and using them for the benefit of His people, His church. All the way into the New Testament, Tyre is a benefactor, and now there's nothing of Tyre because her usefulness is now over. And so we get to go to work tomorrow morning, men, women, and make some money for the kingdom of heaven in the little ways that we have need of for some food and for some durable clothing. And I hope that you understand the final two words now of Isaiah 23, some durable clothing, some good goods, because durable clothing came through Tyre. Anything of value and good came through Tyre. May the Lord bless the preaching of his word.